The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to the WebmasterRadio.fm Town Hall Meeting. Meet your awesome advertisers and find out what they're up to in this fun and informative show. Explore the latest trends and newest projects from the cutting-edge companies that are part of the WebmasterRadio.fm radio family. Now, here's your host. Hello and welcome to the PO Web Town Hall Meeting. I'm going to be your host today. My name is Gian Wei. I'm the product manager at Vocus uh, for PR Web. So today we're going to be talking with Richard Lee, Chief at Large for Pillar Consulting Corp. in based out of New York. He's going to be telling us a little bit about what they do for companies. They help uh, raise the visibility of small businesses and how they use online PR and PR web to do that. And then we're going to have a very special Q&A with Lee Oden, who is the CEO of Top Rank Online Marketing. Uh, they're a consulting agency who work in online marketing and digital PR. And Lee was kind enough to spend some time with us talking through digital PR and how press releases can be used to uh, increase online visibility and also to connect with journalists and different media online. But first, we are going to do a little bit of a debrief on what's been going on with PR Web, what's new with PR Web, and maybe give a little bit of a uh, teaser of what's to come throughout the rest of the year. So uh, back in the end of February, we launched PR Web UK. Uh, we actually have uh, over a thousand customers already in the United Kingdom who were using PR Web. And uh, so we had been talking for a long time about creating a service that is specifically tailored for those customers in the UK. And we rolled that out in February. And uh, the new UK service takes payment in pounds sterling, has distribution that's more oriented around the United Kingdom. So we go to a lot of the media outlets and a lot of the bloggers who are based over in the UK. Uh, that The content is optimized for UK search engines. Um, and through a partnership with the Press Association, we're able to help increase the visibility of that content to specifically for a UK-based media audience. So uh, that's available at uk.prweb.com, and that launched in February. Uh, since then, we've done a couple of interesting things on the distribution front. Uh, one has been the rollout of a couple of iPhone applications that are available in the iTunes library. If you do a search for Pure Web in the iTunes library, you'll find them. Uh, our first two were around business and technology, and so one is a business news application which you can download, and it'll send all of the latest PR Web business news directly to your mobile application. The other is the same thing, except it's in technology. So a lot more of our customers are starting to use mobile applications, so it was a kind of a natural next step for us to provide our content in a way that is uh, more tailored around the way that they work. Um, and secondly, we have done some new partnerships with some publishers out there. We have recently done a publisher, uh, partnership rather, with Website Magazine, where they're taking our uh, website content and they're syndicating it on their website. The Electronic Retailing Association, uh, they have a blog, they have an industry magazine and also their website. So they're going to be streaming our uh, Retailing Association content uh, throughout their different properties. 
and Context News Network. Context is a, is a big news aggregator out there who provides content to different financial publishers. Um, and they have hundreds of clients who take their content and syndicate it on their website. So Context is now taking a uh, feed from us. And uh, you're able to see some of the pure web content showing up on their customers' websites. Scott Trade, for instance, is now taking pure web content, and that's through our partnership with Comtex. So we've done a, a lot in the last couple months to make sure that the press releases coming through PR web uh, continue to get more and more distribution and syndication online. And in the months to come, we're going to be looking at three major areas. Uh, Peer Web does essentially three fundamental things. We help people create press releases. We go, we send them out. That's really the biggest part of what we do. And then the third component is the analysis. We provide our customers with an understanding of their ROI, what they got from their spend. And so in all three of these areas, we're, at, we're looking to roll out very major, uh, I would say, steps forward for Peer Web. And these are going to be in uh, helping our customers with the construction and optimization of press releases for the web, distribution, and analytics. So look forward to those in the next few months. So all that being said, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And coming out of the commercial break, we're going to be talking with Richard Lee from Pillar Consulting Corp. The WebmasterRadio.fm Town Hall Meeting. We'll be right back after these messages. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Have a good weekend, Andy. See you, Andy. Hey, Jan, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to Offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast, inexpensive, excellent, and on time. Offshoring.com. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Commercials off. Now back to the WebmasterRadio.fm town hall meeting. Here's your host. Today I'm joined by Richard Lee, Chief at Large for Pillar Consulting Group. 
The New York City-based company provides dedicated outsourced information technology for small businesses. Richard, thanks for joining us here on the show today. Thanks for having me, John. And so tell us a little bit about what you guys do. Okay, uh, since 1995, we've been uh, providing tech support services for small businesses as well as developing for the Internet, which was born about the same year that we were born ourselves, uh, or the company was born. Um, we uh, And the kind of web development services we provide are um, helping small businesses just become more visible online. And not only do we do this for other companies, but we happen to do it for ourselves as well. So um, what we learn for ourselves, we apply for our cu- customers and vice versa. When you guys first started, I mean, we must initially be talking about helping small businesses just create websites, just so they have a general presence on online, right? That's right. It was just basically uh, an online brochure. Uh, it mm-hmm. was static. Uh, you couldn't do much with it. However, even in the early days, because I would poll lots of people, how many people had a website? You get a handful of people throw up their hands. And then when I asked them how many of them could maintain their sites, all the hands dropped. So we built from the beginning content management uh, so that anybody without any programming knowledge can maintain their website themselves. But then since then, you have blogs which permit people to maintain things themselves, and you have uh, maintainable systems like Joomla that allow people to add content to their websites themselves themselves as well. So all of what we do and promote, but we had done content management from the beginning. So just sort of showing that we did care about people. We didn't just make a website and then here, here are the keys, learn how to use it yourself. Uh, we're right, all no, about no, go have fun. sure that we make it automatic and easy for people. Now, it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, just as an aside, blogging's around. I mean, it's become entrenched and, you know, it's something that we use in our everyday nomenclature at this point. But for someone who is working in website development for small businesses, you know, from the early years, you must have a different perspective because to me, a lot of what blogging has done is, has been make these tools for web development and web production just more accessible to a broader base. And so this opens up the doors for, uh, kind of broader domestication of these production tools. Um, but, to me, it's sort of like an evolutionary process, and all of a sudden, you know, in, I don't know, maybe six years ago, seven years ago, the blog pops up, and now it's like it's like the phenomenon. But I guess what I'm asking is, from your perspective, what is fundamentally different about blogging, or is there anything fundamentally different about blogging? Yeah, okay, good question. Well, um, I always tell people, because when they often ask, what's the difference between a blog and a website? And I say that a blog is a website. Uh, it's just that... Many blogs or many blogging platforms don't allow for true customization of the site. I mean, you can do it, but but for right. people who who to begin with have no knowledge of how to maintain their site or any basic HTML, the blog provides uh, a great way of basically creating a website within 15 minutes. So a, a name for your site and content for your site immediately. So it's fantastic in that respect. It's also fantastic because, uh, like Google, ultimately we're all catering to Google and your content appearing in Google so that people, Mm -hmm. when they do a search for you, they find you. Google and anything blogosphere-related, Google wants to pick up on. So when your blog goes live or every time you make a post in your blog, uh, 
um, whether it's a paragraph long or 10 pages long, it's pinged to these services, and these services pick it up, and then Google picks it up, so that within a couple of hours, if you've been maintaining your blog on a regular basis, within a couple of hours, that content is now available on Google. Whereas if you make a change on your website, unless your site is crawled by Google, and that all Mm -hmm. depends on its popularity to other pages on the web, it could take a couple of weeks to a couple of months before that content is picked up by Google. So it, it's far more powerful from a marketing perspective because it's sort of like a press release where the moment you send it out, it's sent mm-hmm. out to all these services that pick it up and then pass it over to the next person. So that ultimately when you do a Google search, if it's inside of Google, that's all people really care about. But technically, it's been picked up faster because it's on a blog and blogging so popular and Google picks it up faster. So it is a tremendous benefit for all people. So when people come to us and they have no budget whatsoever, I tell them, start a blog and let's talk six months later and see how your blog has evolved. And then then they can talk about further customization, like um, all the other things that websites and web pages permit, that blogging itself is limited to just the aspect of creating content and words. Right. So it sort of has a, a lower floor, but a lower ceiling. Uh, it sounds like it's something that you can kind of, you know, get started pretty quickly, get it up and running, but then when you get to the point where you want to take that next step, you probably need to kind of step back and look at a different strategy, at least for the for the technological component of your website. Exactly. Well put. So let's let's jump ahead then. And and let's say you've kind of taken that next step, and you're a small business owner. You spent a few months blogging. You've created some traction online. Maybe you've even drummed up some business. You step back. You decide, hey, I, I think I need something that's going to be a little bit more sophisticated, that's going to allow me to customize a little bit more, and we put this out on the web. And so now we have, like, this basic presence on the web. We have this basic visibility on the web. So let's take a step forward uh, now. We've talked about blogging. You know, so a small business owner has gone out there, they've created a blog, they've gotten some traction, maybe they've drummed up some business, and they've taken that next step. They've created a more customized site that meets their business requirements that allows them to engage in different ways with their customers. So now let's talk about how online public relations and how news release distribution enters the mix. Okay. So um, if you have, let's say you have a domain name. And that's associated with your blog, your website, or both. And when um, the way Google um, reflects your popularity is through this formula and this number called a page rank. And your page rank from 0 to 10 is sort of like your, your credit rating. The, the higher the number, the better off your, your you know, better your reflection online. And so, like, Google, of course, gets a page rank of 10. YouTube, Amazon, Flickr, they get sites, those popular sites get a page rank of 9. Um, if you're a brand-new site, not online yet, you get a page rank of 0. And then then the whole range in between. So if you have a 3, means either you've been a, online for a while or if you're brand-new, it's you're gaining in popularity. And so that number is something that you can track by numerous different means. We have a tool called keywordfriendly.com, which is free online. You can check it that way. But but then that's one thing. that That's about your popularity online. 
Another thing that you can do, and this relates to PR web, is if you ever go to Google and you do a search on, and you can put it in quotes, your domain name. So whatever your domain is, .com, .net, whatever, and put that in quotations. And then you're going to get a page, you know, you get several pages. But if you look at the top right, there's a number. It's the number of times that your domain name appears inside of the Google index, the search engine. And number could be 20, it could be uh, 1,000, it could be 10,000. The higher that number is, it means that websites, including your own sites, have picked up by some means your domain name. And that some means can, is directly or it can be directly correlated to a PR web press release. So if you do a press release and you're blasting this out to all the newswires or just various places online, Various websites pick it up and automatically it's published onto their page. And then Google automatically or subsequently picks up that information and it's now indexed in their database and it sees that your domain name is now on this website. Your domain name is in on this website. And then that number will... So I, that's one number that we look at after we do a press release for our clients or we do one for ourselves. And we'll see, let's say today it's 400 and tomorrow we do a press release. And let's say two days after the press release, as it starts to build, that number grows higher and higher and it reaches beyond a 1,000. And then as PR Web tells us all the time or as press people will tell us, the more frequently you do a press release, the more, you know, like advertisement, it's a repetitive process. And it's right. one that's required. And the same, that number will go not only over a thousand, but it'll start hanging out at like a couple of thousands. And that right. ultimately, that number um, relates back to your page rank, relates back to how likely you'll appear on the first page of a Google search results, which is really the most important page. So tell us a little bit about. I want to kind of get down on, on the, onto the ground level. I want to hear a little bit about. Um, a particular anecdote, if you have one, that you can share with us about how you sort of use this approach um, to increase the visibility on behalf of you or, or one of your customers. I learned this from uh, one of your guys, Mario, at PR Web, and he talked about uh, anchor text uh, as being one of the most significant things that you you can do. And, you know, when you learn about search engine optimization from various other places, everybody will say the same thing about anchor text. And anchor text is basically, um, and you have this inside of your press release, it's not more, you know, in the early days, if you wrote something, you said, like, click here to see the, uh, the presentation about search engine optimization. So click here is the anchor text. But unfortunately, click here doesn't do anything. It doesn't reflect your presentation as well as um, this awesome presentation by Richard Lee. It right. now that let's say that presentation or that 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 expression, that awesome presentation by Richard Lee, is now the anchor text to a presentation that before you called it click here. So right. that awesome. alone in that anchor text. So it's more than just having your domain name appearing in another page. Having your domain name reflected by um, more flourished adjectives to describe it that are likely the same adjectives that people are using as their keywords to find you 
will be a, tr- a dramatic way of people finding you and a very easy, cost-effective, free way of changing the words inside of your press release to help find you better inside, ultimately inside of a Google search engine. I know it's 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 a little difficult to grasp, but that's something that often, whenever it, our PR web releases are being, you know, um, under forensic light to see what what went wrong or what was good about them, mm-hmm. ultimately the anchor text is one of the things that is mentioned at the top of of the list when speaking with PR Web on the pros and cons of a certain release. Does that make so sense? It is, give, us a, give us an example, uh, a real-life example of, of the, how this has worked. Um, I guess I'm, I'm specifically looking for something you guys have done recently. All right. Well, we, um, we had done a release recently for this product called Keyword Friendly. And, um, and this is a product that we made ourselves and we were promoting it for the purposes of search engine optimization for companies who were small companies and they wanted to learn about search engine optimization, but at the same time, they didn't know where to go to and everything that they've read was either about spending thousands of dollars or it was very technical. So we needed to create a release. We needed to create awareness about this product and and we uh, we drafted uh, the release. We sent it out through PR Web, through the the whole bells and whistle package of the SEO for the Wire release. But we didn't do anything with the podcast or video for it. Just included the screen capture, and it was in the, the lead-in headline uh, that we just sort of tweaked it to. Uh, to further promote our company. And uh, it was um, leading NYC web development firm. Um, you know, we know that whatever we put inside there, we can Google search in a couple of days. And what was very nice was that we got a lot of buzz from that press release by itself that, you know, we were hoping to get because we had seen the results of doing this for other clients. But it created, like, just as press does, like, you know, someone else's, even though they were our words and we drafted them, when they appear on an, in a paper or somewhere else on another website, it's as if that paper is speaking on your behalf in the same way. So it has, it elevates your words to a higher level. It's like by association. And so in return, we not only got buzz and got lots of traffic to our site, but we also got uh, reporters coming to us with ideas for, like, Web 2.0 products. Uh, And it was really fascinating because it's not like, ultimately, we want a website to to make a, to, we want, uh, excuse me, we want our press releases to bring business to us, but sometimes we don't quite know how will that happen because they're ultimately getting to our website and we need to convert them from our website into customers. And in the case of keyword friendly, it's not, it's not a direct route. But here, this was creating buzz that people picked up in various different ways. And sometimes it's, you know, it's something that I don't take for granted, but at the same time, I'm trying to figure out how to do it again so that every single press release we send out, it can have some sort of return that is connected to um, a financial return on it, which is what everyone's goal is. But, 
in this economy, I think just creating more awareness about yourself uh, is very is very important. And doing it through a, a press release is a very cost-effective way, um, especially for certain types of businesses where advertising can be very expensive, but marketing and uh, through press releases is much more cost-effective and can, you can really fine-tune your message to a certain audience of people. You know what I'm thinking about, though, while you're talking is that there is a distinction. I mean, I've heard a lot from our customers that the ROI, as far as kind of creating awareness, is is significantly greater than advertising. But there's a certain art, I think, and, and hearing you talk, I think that art comes out where, you know, I think as a newswire service, it's our responsibility to kind of get it out to all these different places and get it in front of journalists, bloggers, et cetera, and on different websites. But as a producer of the content that we're distributing, the content has to be pretty compelling, and I think that gets to the crux of what you're saying because it sounds like the content that you guys had put together was compelling enough that, you know, someone read it, but, you know, for them to really kind of take that next step and contact you or visit your website or buy something, it has to be kind of interesting. And and so in a lot of ways, I guess the onus falls on you as the person who's producing that content to create great, compelling content that we then, as a distribution service, are going to push out. And um, to really realize that ROI that you're talking about, I think, you know, it's really sort of a symbiotic relationship here. I agree with that because, you know, as not only doing the press releases for my own company, we also want to do press releases for our clients. And what we do at the end of every web project, especially these days in this economy, we we try to do a cooperative press release. But I try to tell customers all the time that it's not – you can't just say I have a new website because – you can start a blog in 15 minutes and you'll have a new website. That's not newsworthy anymore. It was in 1995. But today, then, you need to have something that's newsworthy, and that's sort of our upsell to make something that's even more cooler than the last thing we made. Because right. it is that's the only way. Yes, we can do a press release, but if it's really boring, it it only increases that, that number that other websites picked up. You're not going to get the calls coming inbound with people interested in speaking to you further about what what it is you do to help them. So therefore, yes, as a content uh, provider and and uh, and the marketing person for the company, it has to be engaging, newsworthy items. Even if I'm reaching a niche of people, uh, those that niche should be excited as we are about it. Well, Richard, I want to thank you for joining us here today. Uh, We have been talking with Richard Lee from Pillar Consulting Group Corp. He is the company's chief at large. For more information on Pillar Consulting Corp., you can visit their website at www.pillarcc.com. Uh, thanks for joining us, Richard, and taking the time to talk with us and let us know a little bit about how you've used PR Web. It's been my pleasure, John. Thank you so much for having me. The WebmasterRadio.fm Town Hall Meeting. We'll be right back after these messages. 
This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR Web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. XY7, affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Because this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even comes with state of the art tracking. Where to the start? You can do it a couple ways. 866 XY7 pays. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. It's time to start jamming and spamming again with the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, SEO rock stars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to the webmasterradio.fm town hall meeting. Here's your host. We talk a lot about direct-to-consumer uh, distribution with regard to PR web. A lot of this was about how journalists can, um, how journalist consumption patterns are evolving, and journalists are starting to use search engines and social media, and things of the, things of that nature um, to go and get content. Hence, you need to put your content online. Um, but I think there's a, a great sense of confusion over who to target and how to target them. When you guys are doing your own PR, I mean, how do you how do you decide for yourself? Hey. Do you, do, you, do you make that decision, we want to target journalists with this, we want to target consumers with this? How, how do you tactically work through that question? Well, definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. The, 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 the content that we want to resonate best with journalists, or we think, we anticipate, will best resonate with journalists is more fact-based types of content, um, research especially, where people want to cite statistics like the survey that we did. We didn't do much promotion at all of the survey of journalists, but we did have a number of journalists you know, publish that sort of thing. Um, we've used very little, if any, pitching at all. All of our PR, and that's, I'm not saying that um, that's for everyone, obviously. I do believe both pitching is relevant, especially if you're a larger company, but um, we do optimize, in other words, use pull PR for the vast majority of our PR efforts. 
we do create content specifically for our intended audience, like you know buyers of search marketing services, by publishing case studies or publishing how-to information that instills confidence in people that, wow, we really know what we're talking about. So we do make a distinction in the kind of content that we publish and go out and promote according to the particular kind of audience. The cool thing is the same kind of tactics work. It's just a matter of making a distinction between you know, the, the language you use and the formatting and the packaging and distribution that you use. Can we speak a little bit more about the distribution? Um, do you use certain distribution means to get to journalists and others to get to consumers, or, or do you kind of have one sort of distribution channel that you, you tend to use? Well, um, a big part of our, you know, from an SEO company or, or digital marketing company perspective, for us, we're using uh, the uh, philosophy of just being useful primarily as our as our as our way of marketing and, and getting media coverage of course we use press releases uh, we've been I don't know if I mentioned this specifically we've been using PR web since 2001 I mean very early days that's a long time to be using a wire service we've used other wire services over the years too but we've just gotten really great results from an SEO perspective on the distribution that we get um, via via PR web um, but I think what the important takeaway for people is that they use, need to use some kind of newswire distribution, whatever it may be, and because you can reach so many more people, um, especially people who've opted in. You know, They can pick industry categories, and then they'll receive press releases according to those industry categories. And, of course, there's a whole set of websites that syndicate that content as well, and that can translate into links. Um, also, from a distribution standpoint, of course, blog. We, we publish a blog. You know, top rank blog is is one we have clients. I think maybe this more more rather than talking about us. I think um, companies that we work with and we do consulting with, we recommend blogs whenever it makes sense, and uh, those blogs can be used for different things. And that serves as a distribution channel, just like email is a distribution channel, social network participation is a distribution channel, um, dropping a link on Twitter to something that's really useful, even though it's a it, it is a promotion, but it's really useful. That's another channel of distribution. We got a question which I found really interesting. Someone was asking, um, how is this useful for a small business, uh, a local small business? And I'm guessing what they're probably referring to is probably more of a brick-and-mortar type as opposed to an e-commerce small business. I think a lot of these tactics probably lend themselves over to e-commerce um, pretty directly. But let's say you are kind of a, a brick-and-mortar, your typical mom-and-pop shop. I mean, are, are, are these tactics just... Are these? I guess I'm. I guess what I'm wondering is, are, how are these tactics tactics useful, if at all? If someone's searching, then you have an opportunity to take advantage of these tactics. If if you have potential customer or potential media coverage could happen as a result of search, then then you have an opportunity as a brick and mortar. Here's an example. Um, we do um, we do some work for a um, uh, a small retailer in. Um, in Minnesota here that sells specialty gifts and they only sell in one city. That's it. But there's a lot of people who move away and this, this company has a really strong brand name in their local community and uh, you know people move away or whatever um, but they still remember this company and they do search. People do search. So when they come back and visit, you know, there's information that's promotional but you got to come into the store to actually conduct a transaction that's available because of search. That's hmm. creating awareness because of search. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and and that's standard SEO. From a press release distribution standpoint, that particular business might do one every quarter or something like that, and that helps build links, and the links improve their search visibility on their geographically specific keyword terms. So this would be something like, um, let's say I decide to open up a cupcake shop here in Washington, D.C., where we're located. Uh, I'm not necessarily looking to optimize my business for, um, hey, cupcakes. I, I may be looking for Washington, D.C. cupcake store or something like that, a little bit more of a localized search. Right. Right. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if that's whatever your objective is as a business, if your brick and mortar business is attracting a particular audience, um, I only, you know, I'm, I have a cupcake shop, and so I'm only really looking for people who really, really want to gain a lot of weight. <laughs> and so, somehow, some way, you can do your keyword research and customer research to find out what kind of queries are those folks performing when they're doing research. The other thing is, I think, is being on the radar, not just of consumers, that which is, of course, important, but being on the radar, radar of any journalist, of any publications that might write about it. And, that, and the cupcake shop might be a great special interest story for a local news station. And I can't tell you how many times we've had it happen with clients and even for ourselves where we've gotten on the 10 o'clock news by just monitoring Twitter for keywords of topics. Like there's some folks right now on search.twitter.com and they're typing in hashtag news SEO, and they're finding a running thread of things that are going on right now. Well, you can do that for just about any key term. It doesn't have to have a hashtag. And there's a lot of journalists paying attention or posting questions. And you can engage um, those folks just by seeing in real time a query. You know, hey, does anybody know somebody that's selling cupcakes <laughs> yeah. to, to a particular market? It's like, oh, my God, look at that. You know, it shows up on Twitter. You've got it. You're subscribing to the Twitter search results in an RSS feed, and you can see it. It pops up for you, and you can go, "Oh wow!" And you can quick go respond to that person. Uh, mm. Just just last week, we got on U.S. News and World Report. And I, I don't mean to be so personal about it, but we just got on U.S. News and World Report because we answered someone's question. What was the question? Um, they were asking for topic ideas to write in their column related to job search, and our suggestion was about the importance of personal online reputation management. You know, this brings me back to a question we got when you were talking about sort of the, some of the results um, you, you found from, from serving journalists about social media. And we had, we had someone ask, look, is it, are, are these really things that all journalists are doing, or is this kind of a, a small segment of journalists who are actually on Twitter, on Facebook, monitoring social media and engaging in social media? I mean, is this, is this really just a slice, or are we talking about practices that are kind of emerging on a, on a very broad scale with regard to journalists? I think, I think it's definitely still emerging, but, uh -huh. I, but I tell you what, when you look at the budgets that are just flat out going away from, tr from traditional media, and moving online, and journalists, by the thousands, have lost their jobs over the last five or six years. They're being expected to do a heck of a lot more with a lot less, and technology is the way to do that. And so a lot of them are turned on to things like monitoring discussions on Twitter. Um, they're using tools like Delicious to monitor trends. What is it that people are bookmarking as an indication of interest and really getting a lot done with a nominal amount of effort. I mean, it's still a lot of work to write great content, obviously, but sure. I think it's important to, to understand that the trending, and they've got to keep their jobs. They've got to be useful. You know, They've sure. got to be able to create content, 
And with increasing numbers of online publications savvy to the monetization opportunities from search, that creates even more of a need, right? The bottom line dollar is driving them to be aware of SEO-related tactics, but also using social channels as a way to source content, to source subject matter experts, because it's efficient. Hmm. I think that's such a great point. The underlying trend is it's that they have to do more with less, and, and that's just a fact of the industry. Um, and so technology as a solution to that, to that fact of life for a lot of journalists seems to kind of lend itself inevitably to this idea that, yeah, they're gonna have, if, they're, if, they're not do, if they're not using these tools now, they're going to have to use them in the future.